Hey, what's up all of you who are tuning in to check out our latest message right here online. Listen, it's going to be a great message and we hope that you enjoy, but even more than that, we would love to see you in person at one of our live weekend worship experiences. If you're not in our area, we want to encourage you to find a local church where you live because we just believe that we're no good alone. We're better together and you need family. So if you're not in our area, make sure you find a place where you live where you can attend a physical church and become family. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message and have a good day. If you brought your Bibles this morning, go with me to the book of Matthew Don't look in the very front, okay? I'm going to give you a head start. That is the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 9, says this. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Stop. I've actually preached from this message before, and I, I told myself I wasn't even going to, to, to collect on this little piece right here, but some of you have heard it, you just can bear with me. But it, it, I just never, and this is not even part of the message, but I got to say this because there's too many paralyzed people, servants sitting in the house. How in the world, this guy, this centurion soldier has a, a servant. I'm guaranteed he didn't put him on staff or payroll paralyzed. That means somewhere along the line he became paralyzed. Are you tracking me? There's so many people, we come in, we get saved, God, Pastor B, show me what I can do, I want to be a part, and then all of a sudden we let the enemy burn us out or, or change our perception of what church is really about, and then we walk away and we're deceived and we, we isolate ourselves and we walk, too many people walking away from the body. I'm not talking about church, I'm talking about from the body. If I was to cut my arms off, I'm no good. I, 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 my leg could be cut off and I could only have one, I could get a prosthetic, but at the same time I'm still walking around handicapped. Are you following me? We need each other. We need each other. So this guy, he said, I have a paralyzed servant at home. All I remember is somewhere along the line, he became paralyzed. Man, don't let the enemy. We're going to go through rough times. We're going to go through stuff. We're going to go through uncertainty. Don't let the enemy paralyze you. There is something inside of you that God needs to get out of you for somebody else. So he says, my my, my servant uh, lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. How many have ever felt like that? If Jesus showed up at my house, I got to put some stuff away. I got to hide them bottles. I got to start putting the... The the centurion said, but just say, you can't come to my house. I'm not even worthy to have you. He recognizes who Jesus is. And he says, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Everybody say, say the word. You got a problem in your marriage, you got situations you're unsure of, begin speaking God's word over that thing and watch something happen. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. This is a man who knows what authority is. He understands that if a spoken word is said, that something should happen. He said, I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes and I say to my servant, do this and he does it. Let's skip down to verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, and it will be done, just as, I, just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. I want to speak to you this morning from the subject, what's your stance? What's your stance? Anybody asked you that before? What's your stance? 
What's your, what's your thoughts on this subject? Now, when we get into political stuff, that, that's a loaded question, by the way. What's your stance? Anybody ever ask somebody, what's your stance? And then you're like, dear God, why'd I ever open up that can of worms? You can go through your news, your news feed on Facebook. You can scroll through. Everybody's got a stance. This is how I feel about that. And we live in a society that makes us feel like we gotta have, you got to have an opinion. How many knows what an opinion is? They say opinion is like a heartbeat. Everybody's got one. If you ain't got a heartbeat, you're not living. That's why society says, that's why I said, an opinion is like a heartbeat. Our opinion is what gives us life. That's why we go straight to Facebook. This, this is how I feel. Ain't nobody asks for what, this, but this is how I feel. This is how I feel about this politician. This is how I feel about that. Can I tell you how I feel about that? Whether you like that person or not, they are still created by God, for God, and to be used for God. And just because they're not doing it right now does not mean that you can be a judge. Bam. I love you, Jesus, but I'm going to run my mouth about who I don't like and what all that. Sin is sin. Oh, I talk about it. But I'm just telling you. The Bible says they will know us by our fruit when all we're doing is regurgitating all kinds of vomit from stuff that society has said. Tell what your opinion is. Tell us what your stance is. And you're actually doing yourself a disservice and leading people away from Christ because you're supposed to be a Christ follower, but your fruit ain't showing what you like. A stance is like an opinion, which is like rocket fuel. You ask somebody what their, what their opinion is, they reach back into what their stance is. A stance is your backbone. It's what, it's what you're most passionate about. That's why we should actually have a, be more passionate about Christ than we are all this other stuff. Because the enemy don't care that you dislike this person and this person and that person, this person and politics. And this person. He don't care. All he wants to know is you'll give more attention to what you don't like versus the one you're supposed to be in love with to begin with. Oh, this is a different side of Pastor B. I'm telling you, something is changing. Hold on tight. Because it's changing in me. I want him to change me. I don't want to look nothing like me. I want to look everything like Jesus. It's, it, a stance is a posture. A stance is a position. How many football players in here? Been a football player. There's a stance. When you that big guy on the line, I know I can't really show you what that looks like because you see what I'm working with. But when they're on the line, when they're on the line, the football player, they're not just going, hey, where y'all going after the game? No, man, they're down. They're, they got a position. They're ready to go that way. No matter who's coming, how big the other person is on the other side, they know I'm confident in what I got. Some of us need to be more confident in whose we are and who we got with us rather than what our, we, we see the inabilities that we have. See, the enemy wants us to focus on what we're not capable of. When God says, you're mine, you're chosen, I've got a plan for your life, will you just tap into it and let me be a part? Oh, there's another stance. You know, runners. How many runners? I know I look more like that, the runner, because I'm a little slender, whatever. But, but you, that runner stance, they're not standing on the, line, on the block what they doing? They're, they're ready for that shotgun. They're ready for that, that pop so they can take off. How many of us are ready? For, we're standing in a position and in a posture waiting for what God wants to do in our lives. Now, this is what we're doing. We stand around in other places in the church or maybe in the community. Well, I just don't like what Pastor said. Listen. I just want everything I say to point people to Jesus. I just want my comfort. And I don't always get it right. You're going to catch me on a bad day. You're going to see B in town and somebody cut him off and y'all going to just stop just to see what I do. You know why? Because y'all just want to be con 
condemning y'all. Well, you want to find fault. Let me tell you, you ain't got to look far to see fault in me. Just like I know, I ain't got to look real far to see yours. And if Jesus ain't concerned about it, why should I be concerned about it? There's another stance. It's called triple threat. I wasn't a basketball player either. Not in high school. I played city ball. That's when you actually paid. They let every, anybody play. City ball. Y'all, I don't think we even had that down here. That was in North Carolina before we moved here. I played city ball. We paid money to let B play. And then when the money ran out, B didn't play no more. I don't even think it was that the money ran out. I think it was dad realized that was not my calling. And so, they're, they're, but I remember the coach, he, the, the fundamentals. If you don't know the fundamentals of the game, you can't play the game real good. First fundamentals, you got to learn how to dribble, right? You got you to learn how to actually look the other way and still keep that ball in control. Now, I'm not real good at it. I was just praying. I hope it, it worked out. But triple threat is once you pass me the ball, I need to do something with this ball. And there's three things. I can, first of all, I can pivot. That, I, I can do a lot with this. It's triple threat. I can either pass you the ball, right? I can pivot or I can take it to the hoop. I can come up on you like Curry, uh, whatever his name is. I, I can do this thing. It's called a triple threat. God is asking each one of us to have a triple threat. It's called God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's called triple threat. So what kind of stance should we, should we have as Christians? We should have a kingdom stance. Everybody say kingdom stance. Listen, life's going to throw things at us. Life's going to get us off course. It's going to catch us off guard. Life may even put us back on our heels. You know what I'm talking about? Because you don't have a stance. If you've got a stance, no matter what comes, oh, it may do this. But if, you just, if you're just casually standing there, casually in your marriage if you're not being intentional in your marriage if you're not being intentional with your finances if you're not being intentional and you're just casually standing there the enemy's gonna knock you down now he may hit me but i want to be like that um remember that the little things we had when we were kids that had the had the um the weight at the bottom bam and it came right back up that's how i want to be the enemy hits me walks away and i bam hit him on the way back it's called it's it's one thing to be defensive in your relationship with God and, and, and the enemy, but at some point, you've got to stop being on the defense. You've got to start getting, being on the offense. Stop letting the devil beat you up. Say, this, is, this marriage belongs to him. I'm, I don't know why I'm hitting on marriage. Maybe it's because marriage conference is coming up in, in a few months, but I'm just telling you. Because I know where the enemy hits. He hits at the family level. Say, kingdom stance. Why is this so important? Why is it important for me to have a kingdom stance? Because a kingdom stance, you never know who's watching you, and you don't know who you're actually, who, who, who you're actually, uh, who's watching your journey and who's inspired by your journey, so don't quit. Too many Christians walking away. Well, they found out I'm real. That's why every service, anytime I'm up here, I'm going to let you know real quick, I'm real. I got, real, I got a real attitude. I can have real issues. But it, it matters how I handle those things. And do I just say, well, that's just who I am. Get over it. No, no, no. I'm saying, God, it is, it is my nature, but God changed my heart. Instead of saying, well, you don't like it. They don't like it how I do it, so I'm going to go. I used to get, I used to get uh, hurt when people walked away. God will begin to move people out who aren't, who aren't ready for where you're going because there needs to be no distraction for what the next move is. I'm just telling you. 
I'm speaking to me right now. I'm encouraging myself that when people say, hey, hey, it's been nice knowing. Hey, it's okay. I'm watching God. It's not, it's not them. They don't understand. God is actually, until they get where they need to be, God is, I'm watching it. He's making sure that everything is in preparation for the plan that he has already established and it's time to move. Am I, am I too hot? Am I coming in too hot? Okay. What does the kingdom stance look like in a season of uncertainty? Anybody in a season of uncertainty? Like you don't know what's up? Really? Y'all all good. Everything's working out for you, gravy. Me and Amy coming to y'all's house for lunch after church. We need to find out what y'all doing. What, what, is, what does a kingdom stance look like in a season of uncertainty? When life gets crazy, and, and what do we do when, when life puts you back on your heels? You get a kingdom stance. So my question for all of us in this room today is, what kind of stance do you have? What stance do you have? Is it truly a kingdom stance? Listen, a kingdom stance is not passive. It's aggressive. The kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the... What is it? Somebody help me. We take it by force. When the enemy comes back at us and he's trying to put you out and under, I might not even quote that right. Forgive me, I'm, I'm human. But when the enemy tries to come, you go, that's not yours. That was not paid for by you. That belongs to Jesus. I may have some areas that I need to get right. Guess what? They're going to get right, but you're not having this. This belongs to him. It's called being aggressive. Stop letting the devil just, just beat you around. Get aggressive. It's a kingdom stance. Get, take a stance so that way when he comes, no matter what comes, you're ready. You're not, you may get pushed a little bit, but again, we're family. We're hanging out. You may, we may be side by side. The enemy's, the enemy's decking you out, and I'm, he's leaving me alone, and I'm good. So what happens? When you begin to fall, I'm going to catch your fall, and we're going to continue to move forward together. That's what family does. That's why it's important that we stay together. Some of y'all have got text messages from me this, this week. Sorry. It's important that we're together because I recognize the enemy is coming after you, 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 every single one of us. And it's important that we're together because that's why, that's why the shepherd will leave the 99 for the one because the one is always susceptible to the enemy. And I refuse, not on my watch, to let the enemy go out. If somebody's out, I'm going after him. Unless Jesus has directed me otherwise, I, I'm going. And that's why, somebody, well, if you got a text, that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you because you weren't the only one. A lot of people got text messages. And, it, and people that have been here all the time or whether it's vacation or whatever, I just want people to know you are missed and you are loved and it matters when you're not here because you possess a strength that, that you possess a strength that I need. You can handle stressful situations better than I can. I need your guidance and help. Just like, just like you, need, you need the person sitting next to you. Tell them right now. Say, I need you. You may not know what for, but I'm telling you, you need what they got. It's called a kingdom stance, and you don't stand alone. You don't, did you catch that? When you're in a kingdom stance, you're not standing alone. A kingdom stance is active. It's not timid. It's bold, kind of like you see today. It's not isolated. That's the enemy's main objective is to get you isolated right here. I had a conversation with coming down the road last night with somebody that's not even from this area. They just dropped in. We went out to eat, and they were left this morning at 5 o'clock. And I've watched the enemy because church hurt is hard. I understand. I've been there. I think that's why God allowed me to go through it and see it so that because he knew what, where he was going to have me in 2020. I didn't know. That's why when we go through things, 
We just need to be cool with the process because God is going to use that thing in you to help someone else. And what I watched was church hurt caused somebody to go, hey, they love Jesus, and they're convinced at the moment that they're okay by themselves. And I'm telling you, it don't work that way. You'll get the hell beat out of you. I'm not saying you'll lose your salvation because we had that conversation too. But I am telling you, you're more likely to give up when you're by yourself because you'll talk yourself out of it versus somebody that goes, shut your mouth. You ain't doing that. That's boldness. I, I, that's not ugly. That's boldness. And that wasn't to him. That's to the enemy that sits on his shoulder just like it sits on mine, just like he sits on yours. It's okay. You've had a hard week. Just stay at home. Bull. Bull. Ain't nothing, nothing that comes out of his mouth. Nothing that comes out of the mouth of the enemy is going to profit you anything. As a matter of fact, he's trying to drag you down. It's a kingdom stance. A kingdom stance locks arms. A kingdom stance encourages. A kingdom stance says you're not alone. That's what a kingdom stance is. So when, I, when I'm saying, and I said earlier, I'm seeing growth in families, and I'm seeing it's because I'm watching a kingdom stance. But I want to see you get stronger. I want to see you get... Because it's, it's one thing to go to be from a seated position and then actually go, okay, I'm a kingdom stance. No, but the kingdom stance is more than just this. It's this. Are you tracking me? You got to be like this. Kingdom stance. Why are we talking about it? Because we need to be reminded. It's important that you know that God knows where you are. God knows where you are. He understands that you're doubting just a little bit. He, he knows. He knows the uncertainty of, where, of what you're... He, God knows, and he's okay with it. Somebody, somebody say, he's okay? He's okay with it. He's not caught off guard. He's not having to scroll through no Facebook to find out what's happening in your life. He already knows. Even in the midst of... Even in the midst of uncertainty, you need to hear a voice that says you're not alone. You won't hear that voice if you've isolated yourself and separated yourself and you're not hanging out with the right people. The right people will say, yeah, give up on him, give up on her. Why are you going to church anyway? It ain't doing nothing. It's just a program. It's just a, it's just a business. Let me tell you something. There is no business, there is no business, Walmart, Target, none of that. There's no business that can do anything for you other than temporary needs. Eventually, you'll run out of that bottle of shampoo. Are you tracking me? But with Jesus, there's nothing that he has to offer you that will ever run out. So start putting all your stock in him, in his kingdom, and advancing his kingdom. I'm not talking about your finances. And when I said stock, I'm saying stop putting all you are in the confidence of something that was man-made. Je even Jesus wasn't man-made. Hello, somebody. He was in, Mary was impregnated. There, nothing had happened. Do you, I need to go any further? I won't. Even Jesus wasn't made by man, but why are we putting more stock and more confidence in something else that will always fail? Jesus will never fail. Man, I'm telling you, if you don't feel it now, I feel the presence of God. I'm ready for him to unleash and unload everything that he has for us. And I want my, my flesh man and my spirit man to be right on all levels so that we can press forward, press forward, press forward. Amen. As we watch the power of God be released on our city. Say release. release. We're going to see things begin to happen that have been held back for way too long. It's going to be released. I'm just telling you. 
Oh, he'll get over it this afternoon. It'll be... No, no, no. That's not a kingdom stance. A kingdom stance is what, is what Sabrina, if you missed last Wednesday night, is called an unwavering faith. You've got to be unwavering. No matter what's coming at you, I'm not going to bend. Oh, oh, the centurion. That's really why we're here. Let's talk about the centurion. He gets in a kingdom stance. Jesus is amazed. Let me go to verse, to verse, uh, verse 8. It says, the centurion replied. He's saying, hey, I've got a servant at home. I need, I need, I need, I, I need, I need you to touch him. The centurion replied, he said, well, I'll, I'll come and I'll heal him. And Lord, I don't deserve to have you under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Listen, at that moment, Jesus was jaw dropped. He was like, what the, what, 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 what the heck? Is this a little background? The centurion was not a Jew. He was not, he was a Gentile. He was not in a relationship with God. He, that wasn't him. But he was a man under authority. But yet he recognized that Jesus was who he said he was. Too many Christians, the reason we can't get a kingdom stance is because we don't really believe that he is who he said he was. Because if we really believed it, we'd be all about it. You want to put that in there? Tweet that. If we really believed the Bible, we'd be all about the Bible. If we really believed in the kingdom, we'd be all about the kingdom. Y'all remember MTV, that video where the guy's sitting in a chair and the, and, the, and the music goes and he's like, Phew. that's what I'm looking at right now. I feel like y'all are going, Phew. it's good though. Not the word, not the message, it's good. He's good. I, I may not be the best preacher, but doggone it, I'm going to be the best me that God created. I'm going to be it for you, and I'm going to be it for him. Matter of fact, I, it's not even about trying to, to, to do something for you. I'm trying to do something for him. He's the only one that can adjust you. I cannot adjust you. I can't put a time frame on how quick you need to get your act together because he's still working on me. So how am I going to stand up here going, clock's ticking. You got to get right. Because he's not doing that to me. Thank you. <laughs> what we have to understand is, and I, I don't know, because I didn't read this, but it's, it, it happened just before that moment where Jesus healed the man with leprosy. And I don't know if the centurion heard about it, and that's where his faith was built. And he said, you know what? I'm hearing some things. I believe you, the man, and you don't even have to come to my house. Matter of fact, I'm not worthy for you to be at my house. I got some stuff going on you don't need to know about. But if you'll just say the word, I believe that my servant will be healed. But the, the deal with the, lep, the, the guy with leprosy, let me just go there. Uh, verse 2 says, A man with leprosy came and knelt before him, who? Jesus, and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make it happen. Everybody say, you can. You can make it happen and make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand, touched the man, and said, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the man was cured of his leprosy. Now, what Jesus just did that I want you to capture is Jesus just broke religious law. That's why I like Jesus. Because when, when, when the religious... Again, we hear this all the time, but it collected in my thoughts this week. It was not the world that crucified Jesus. It was the one who were studying the Torah. It was the ones who... It was the religious people! And Jesus had this cool way of whenever the religious people said... Don't do that. Jesus said, watch me. Watch me. 
And can you, can you imagine? This is what happened. Because what, 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 what religion tells you is what, what is clean should not touch what is unclean. As a matter of fact, if the man with leprosy came into this type of an environment, he was to notify us that he's got something so that we can put him in the back. We don't want to get what he's got. Unclean. Can you imagine what the disciples were thinking? They've, they worked their whole life, they went their whole life following law, following you, you, uh, tightrope, tightrope, tightrope. I'm fo- following. And Jesus shows up and goes, I break the law. The law was put into place to protect, but when he said, and I've already said it, but when he said, You're missing the point, I'm for the people. I, 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 this ministry will always be for people. Amen. Where you are may not be right, just like not in me, but we refuse, just as he refuses, to allow you to stay where you are. And we're always going to walk together in a forward motion. Amen. You may go, B, I need to sit down and take a break. You know what? As long as it's not going to do any harm to you physically or spiritually, we may take a break together. But I'm never going to let you sit there and battle this thing by yourself. We're in it together. We're better together. That's more than just a cliche statement. There is more strength. That's why when you play tug of war, it's not two people fighting. You got like five, six, seven, eight people. Why? Because you're stronger together. Amen? Am I still good? I'll I'll, I'll get us out of here real quick. I promise. Because y'all like, my food's burning. Y'all didn't know it was Crock-Pot Sunday? Put that baby in there for a week. Never burn. Aren't you grateful that we serve a God who will break religious tradition and break religious law to clean you up just like he cleaned me up? Aren't you glad that we serve a God who doesn't say you've gone too far? And that's the message that the church should be having with, so that our city... Listen, when we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right here, how do you think the kingdom of heaven is going to show up in our city and in our region? It's going to show up through us. That's why it's important that we get in a kingdom stance. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Maybe you're here today and you feel unclean. Maybe, 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 maybe there's something in your mind. Maybe it's something you did last night. Maybe it's something you did last week. Maybe it's something you did at another time in another place. But Jesus is here today. Listen, listen to my voice. He's saying, I'm not afraid to touch you. You may be unclean, but he proved it when he walked this earth. He's not afraid to be clean and touch the unclean. Religious people will tell you. I gotta calm down. Don't touch that. Don't put them around me. What would Jesus do? Forget the WWJD. What would he do? What did he do? Time and time and time and time and time again. We are to be like Jesus. Walk in peace. Get off your high horse and let's ride that beast. I didn't just come up with that. That was a VBS song way back in the day, but it just fit right there. Hadn't heard that song in... 30 years, be like Jesus, walk in peace, get off your high horse, and let's ride that beast. What was it? 
Yes, there was a law in place, but there was also a higher law. Listen, grace and mercy is a higher law. It's like gravity. Gravity is, well, all, what is gravity? What goes up must come down. But with a little velocity and aerodynamics and the right lift, what can you do? You can break. You can break gravity. Aerodynamics is a higher law. Grace and mercy is a higher law. And it's not for me to manipulate and do it around what my personal conviction is. It's a kingdom stance. We have a king. And his name is Jesus. The centurion soldier was a soldier who, was, who, 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 who lived and fought for an emperor. But now he recognizes that Jesus is a king who has a kingdom. This was the first time that the people were exposed to a king who is watching his kingdom manifest. It's what Jesus did. It's who he was. What we are a part of in this ministry, it's not about me. But I'm telling you, when you get surrendered, he'll use you. And I don't mean make you feel used. I'm saying he will utilize you and that's all I've said from the very young age God I just want to make an impact in the lives of people I will mess up along the way but I want to be used to make greater impact and what God is doing in this house and what he will continue to do it's not about who speaks that's why you're seeing more than just me speaking and you will continue to see that because I believe that my role is not to say yes I'm here let me do this thing but it's to Strengthen and raise up the next generation. Because when I'm gone and all of us are no longer here, this ministry should still be established. This ministry should still go forward because it's not based around a man. So if you start hearing that stuff, well, that's, that's it's a personality driven. Man, you better, you better get a kingdom stance. It's not about who's the pastor and who's leading worship and Who's doing this, that, and the other? This is about the kingdom. And he will position the right people who have a kingdom stance. Who will represent his kingdom most effectively. If you believe it, say amen. Man, I'm leaving out so much. You're here and you're saying, but I'm the most unlikely person to be used. So was the centurion soldier. He was not even in a covenant relationship. That's what blew, God, that's what blew Jesus' mind. That's why he was jaw dropped. He's like, I've not seen this much faith in the people who are actually my people. I've not even seen this much faith. And this is a guy off the street. I know all about unlikely. I, I, I'm the most unlikely to be getting ready to step into this, this new role. Most unlikely. But I'm telling you, if you'll grab a kingdom stance, if you'll grab a kingdom stance, he will change most unlikely to utilize your life to point people to the one who is most worthy. I'm just telling you. You may feel unlikely. You get a kingdom stance, and he will, he, it don't matter what they say. It don't matter what the enemy, it don't matter about the past. All that matters is, can I be used to point others to the one who is most worthy? 
And his name is Jesus. Remember the story in closing. Remember the story of the paralytic, paralyzed guy who the two guys took him to where Jesus was and they couldn't even get in the house because it was so, all the religious people were there. And they're like, hey, we got, they're at the door and they're like, hey, hey, we got somebody here that needs Jesus. Yeah, that's fine, but we were here first. Too many churches like that, by the way. So what they do? Crawled up, went around top of the roof, start ripping it off and lowered that man down through there. What'd Jesus say? He needed healing, but what Jesus say? You can go look up the story. What Jesus say? Because of their faith, your sins are forgiven. He's probably like, uh, hey man, there's other issues. Why are we talking about my sin? <laughs> See, Jesus always works on from the inside out. Outside was he was paralyzed. Inside was he had issues. Jesus always worked from the inside out. So he said, their faith, your sins. Moms, now I'm t- tying into what Sabrina, what Sabrina w- shared with us Wednesday night. Your daughters need your faith. Daddies, your sons need your faith. Husbands, your family needs your faith. Forward church, this city needs your faith. Your faith, their sin. He's looking for people where the kingdom stands. Doesn't make us better than any other church. Okay, I want this to be said. We don't feel that we're better. But we're going to be faithful to what he has entrusted to us. And when you live a life surrendered to him and say, you can put me wherever you want to. That's what we did. I'm only using our life as an example, not that we're anything special, okay? So hear me. But I'm telling you, he will take care of you. Sit down and ask Amy some doors that God's just opened up for her, career-wise. I'll just say it that way. It's no secret. I just don't want to waste any, I don't want to, I don't want to use up any more time. It's not a waste of time. Because she's probably going, oh my God, why are you telling? Because I'm broken at watching how God opens doors. And how he does things. I drove on this back road that goes by the uh, the, the elementary school. Down by the Blue Pond place. And there was something we were praying for. And I just, I shut all the doubt out. I had no idea that I was going to be talking about a kingdom stance. But I just began praying. And I said, God, it's time for this situation that if you want to know, go ask her. (laughs) Doesn't make her any better. Matter of fact, she'll tell you that I'm the most, I'm the most unlikely person. But Jesus says, you're the most likely And I'm here today to tell you, don't cancel yourself out. Tell that little voice right there, go to hell. Go right back to where you came from. And you take a kingdom stance. And you surrender and put him first. And you too can begin to be used 
to point others. Most unlikely, but point others to the one who's most worthy. Every head bowed, every eye closed all over this room today. Adam's going to come and pray. If you're here this morning and you say, Oh, I'm a Christian and I'm good. But it's time for a kingdom stance. You know how you show Jesus that you want a kingdom stance? By standing all over this room. You say, you know what? I'm taking a kingdom stance for my home, my family, my marriage, my relationships, my job, my career, my education, this ministry, this city, whatever God wants. I'm positioning myself. I want to be used to move the gospel forward, bring his kingdom to earth. Say with me, friends and family. Father, let's try that again. Say with me, friends and family. Father, help me develop a kingdom stance. If you really mean that, raise your hand. Father, you see my friends. You see my family standing here before me. We're asking for you to help us develop a kingdom stance. For you to help us each and every day be a light where it matters most. We all see it every day. People hurting. People sick. We see evil every day out there. We're asking for you to help us develop a kingdom stance. So that wherever we go. Through us, Father, your light will shine. And I ask now, Father, that in the going weeks, until we meet here again, for your safety, for your protection, for your love and for your grace to abound in us so that we might bring change. And God's people said,